Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. I am Steve Kenyon, brought to you by Wrangler, the official Western Wear Pro Rodeo. Long live Cowboys. Thank you to the Justin Boot Company, the standard of the West since 1879. To M2 Ranch Jerky coming this spring, true traditional cowboy jerky to unbeatable feeds. Find unbeatable feeds in tractor supply stores around the country. And to resist all, we wear it every day. We're proud to bring you the Steve Kenyon Podcast this afternoon. Going to talk a lot about a first-time event in San Diego, California, Rodeo San Diego. You'll hear from bareback rider Jacob Lees. He won the rodeo in San Diego in just a moment. And we'll spend a lot of time today with Tuff Cooper, the four-time world champion tie-down roper. He won San Diego, just got done competing at his 15th NFR. Tuff is coming up in just a few minutes from now. Among the top performers at rodeos last weekend in the PRCA and the WPR, Barrel racer Katie Halbert from Port Labaca, Texas. She won both the San Antonio qualifier in Uvalde, Texas, and she was the champion at the Sand Hill Stock Show and Rodeo in Odessa, Texas. Katie Halbert spent some time with us to talk about her big weekend. Katie Joe, welcome. Hi, thanks, Steve, for having me. I appreciate you. Well, thank you. Horse called Ms. Melania. Tell me about her. She is a 2017 Bay Mare by Trace Ace out of the Michaela. She is a daughter of Make It Anywhere. Um, she started out her career running on the racetrack and didn't wasn't too great about it. She didn't like the starting gates, apparently. Hmm. Um, I bought her in October of last year, and we've just been kind of... She had done really well her fraternity year. She'd won about 130000 with Jody Miller. And so we bought her and brought her home. Um, there was one more fraternity that she was going to get to run in and was entered at whenever we bought her. So that was my very first fraternity ever. And she ended up winning second there and winning, I think, 20 or around 20,000. And then I, our goal all along was to take her to the rodeos. Um, the reason we actually bought her is because I had a mare named Fury on the Run that was very, very special to me. She had had an accident at a rodeo last or in the summer of 2022. Right. And so I, we, that made, made us have to start looking for another horse because we've always had the goal of qualifying for the NFR one day. And one thing led to another and God opened the door for us to own Melania. And so it's kind of gone from there. Some barrel racers fall in love with bloodlines. Are you a big Trace, Trace Ace fan? She is the very first Trace Ace I've ever written. Really? I've always liked them. I thought they were really talented and really fast. I I didn't fall in love with her necessarily because of her blood bloodlines, but because of her style. I had watched a couple videos on Facebook and she just it was effortless for her. It's just always been so easy for her and she just she wants to run the barrels and do the right thing. You were 14-14 in Odessa. Uh, Shelly Morgan was second with a fourteen thirty three five thousand nine hundred and fifty six dollars. How well had you done in Odessa in the past? Uh, I've only placed there one time before, and I think I ended up in the top five. Um, that was actually Melania's very first rodeo a year ago, so hmm. it was super special that she came back and won the rodeo. I had absolutely no idea that she was going to do that or could do that because it's kind of a tough pin. So I was really, really proud of her and how well she worked. And honestly, she ran that pattern on her own because I was falling off the entire time. Oh. I don't, <laughs> she was so strong and so quick in her turns that she kind of unseated me and I was just holding on for dear life. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, that might be a strategy for the future. Just saying, scare the heck <laughs> out of you, but it might be a strategy for the future. 
Yes. <laughs> and then you, I, I think you ran in Odessa first, if I've got my schedule right. And then you went down to that San Antonio qualifier in Uvalde, which all by itself is a pretty good paying rodeo. They paid out over $200,000. Um, and tell me about the format there, Katie Joe, because you won the first go round with a 1510 that paid almost $4,900. The second round, you were 1518, but it paid 2040. So I'm assuming it was a progressive, uh, or you were second, I should say in the second round with a 1520 and that paid 1530. Jimmy Cox won the second go round and that paid a little over 2000. And then you won the two head average. So it was a progressive. Am I right in thinking that? Yes, sir. Um, the top 20 from the first go around got to come back for the short round, which was a Friday, Saturday performance. Um, and it was a random draw who got up on Friday or Saturday. And after that, they took the top 10 from the two head average to San Antonio. That money counts toward the NFR. That was roughly $11,000. So my math isn't real good, but 11000 almost 6000 in Odessa, that's like $17,000 last weekend. Yes, sir. It was a very good week for, for us. <laughs> um, you have been, so now you get to go to San Antonio, which is next month. Uh, you told me before we started, you've competed there one other time. How did you do? I ha didn't have any luck. My, I would, my older mare, she kind of just, she didn't run super hard in that pen. And my younger mare, it was a lot of atmosphere and she didn't really know how to handle it, handle it. And it kind of scared her. So she didn't, didn't run super great, but we're hoping that this year we have the experience and I know how to, I know my horse this year very well and I'll be able to prep her and have her as prepared and ready as we can have her. I have two final questions real quick. Number one, tell me the Katie Joe story. What got you into falling in love with this whole barrel racing thing? Um, I always loved horses. Um, my dad and my grandpa, they kind of rodeoed a little bit. Uh, my dad rodeoed until he was in high school. And once he graduated high school, he didn't rodeo again. Um, but I just always had the horse fever. I always loved horses and I just, I wanted to do something with horses. And I went to a local horse camp here hmm. in Victoria, Texas when I was a kid because I didn't have my own horse. So we went to camps and she showed me about the barrel pattern. And after that, I begged and begged and begged for years for my parents to buy me my first horse. I mean, I was looking on ASBCA on the websites, trying to adopt horses, all the things. And so my brothers played uh, football pretty, pretty well in high school. So I, our Friday nights were under the Friday night right. lights. We were at football games. So I had to wait until my brothers graduated high school. And I got to my first barrel horse when I was a freshman in high school. There are a lot of rodeos you can go to. There's there's all the American qualifier stuff going on. There's uh, Denver. There's Fort Worth. There's What's your schedule? Our schedule, so we didn't qualify for Fort Worth this year. Um, I chose not to go to the Denver qualifier because I just I didn't think that was a pin that would really suit my horse very well. And so we chose opted out of going to Denver as well. Um, I'm up at the Texarkana Showdown. It's a barrel race mm -hmm. uh, next week. So we're going to go to that next week. Awesome. Well, you had a great weekend, $17,000. And, um, you know, there's a lot of time to go to qualify for the national finals rodeo, but, um, that was, that was maybe 20% of what you're going to need for the year right there last weekend. We'll see, see how it works out. Um, Katie, Joe, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Barrel racer, Katie, Joe Halbert, a big winner last weekend at the, uh, 
San Antonio Qualifier in Uvalde, Texas. That was a $200,000 rodeo. And at the Sand Hill Stock Show in Odessa, Texas, of course, the results are ProRodeo.com. Speaking of ProRodeo.com, there's a story on the PRCA's website about a frightening accident for a young bareback rider at the rodeo in Denver. 19-year-old Canadian Austin Broderson hospitalized after he got into a bad spot. His horse slipped after his ride was over in Denver, ended up underneath his horse, still hung up in the bareback rigging. His parents say that after he was hospitalized, he has suffered a C7 fractured vertebrae, fractured hip, and the other break is the nasal bone in his face and minor scrapes and bruises. Uh, he also has no feeling or movement in his left arm. Uh, there's a GoFundMe page set up to help out Austin Broderson. You can find that on the PRCA's website on the story at ProRodeo.com. I also wanted to share this with you. My family has known for a long time a young lady named Brenna Lofton, who is from the Pacific Northwest. She has been diagnosed with cancer. And there is an auction going on, a silent auction on Facebook. I linked it on our 8 Seconds Media Facebook page. Uh, donations are pouring in. Some of the items that have been donated for the auction are absolutely beautiful. Um, the auction will... Uh, accept donations until midnight Friday. The auction will close on Monday afternoon. Uh, you can find all of the details either at uh, Brenna Lofton Silent Auction Benefit on Facebook or just go to our 8 Seconds Media Facebook page. Uh, the Rodeo in Denver wraps up this weekend. Sunday is a final day. Saturday is going to be a big day. The long round ends on Friday. There are three performances in the semifinals Saturday, and then the Rodeo wraps up on Sunday in Denver, Colorado. The Rodeo in Fort Worth just getting underway. Big Bulls Night Out bull riding two nights of PRCA bull riding this week, and then the uh, Best of Texas Rodeo and and the first full performance of the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association Tournament in Fort Worth starts on Friday. That's what's going on around Professional Rodeo this weekend. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk about the rodeo in San Diego. You'll hear from two champions, bareback rider Jacob Lees, tie-down roper Tuff Cooper. That's coming up. Tuff Cooper gave us a lot of time to talk about his career, his life, and his 15 trips to the NFR. That's on the way on the Steve Canyon Podcast. Hey y'all, this is Cody Johnson. When I was starting out in music, most every radio station and venue I went to told me no. At that point, you got two options, tuck tail and quit, or buckle down and fight. Well, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. And that's why I wear Wrangler jeans and shirts. Their toughness and style are legendary, they're an iconic symbol of the West, and there's no quit in them either. Life's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And if I'm gonna enjoy the ride, I'm riding in Wrangler. Wrangler, long live Cowboys. New styles join our time-tested Justin Bent Rail collection. Like the rugged men and women who wear them, these boots stand for quality, integrity, tradition, and hard work. Straight from our legendary El Paso factory, our expert bootmakers build these boots with features that would make even the earliest cowboys proud. Outfit yourself today with a Bent Rail collection by Justin. Prefer is proud to introduce estate fencing. This unique all-metal fence uses the same swedge connecting rail as our popular Ponderosa fence, allowing it to flow beautifully along the contour of your land. With rails and posts constructed from galvanized material covered with an architectural grade powder coat finish, it resists fading, rust, and other outdoor conditions. This fence is strong enough to last a lifetime and safe enough to house livestock. Best of all, no welding required. 
For more information, visit prefertfence.com. Radio fans, the Grand View at Las Vegas has become one of the most popular destinations for visitors from around the world during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. People love the big, comfortable rooms, just far enough from the hustle and bustle of the Strip, but close enough to have a great time. The Grand View is right next door to the South Point and just minutes from the Thomas and Mac. Make your reservation today. Go to dailymanagementresorts.com. The Grand View at Las Vegas. Thanks for joining us on the Steve Canyon Podcast. Please subscribe at 8secondsmedia.com. You can also find the newly remodeled 8 Seconds Media store at 8secondsmedia.com. Over the weekend, last weekend, a brand new event at the home of the San Diego Padres Major League Baseball team, Rodeo San Diego. Uh, It was produced by the C5 Rodeo Company out of Canada. Um, Everything I've heard... Um, has been really, really good about what happened at the rodeo in San Diego. Jacob Lees won the bareback riding. You might remember he qualified for the NFR last December, made the first 90-point ride of his career in San Diego in the championship round. It was a three-day event. He got on four horses over three days, won money on two of those four horses, including a 93-point ride on Virgil in the championship round. I talked to Jacob Lees about winning San Diego. Jacob, welcome. It's nice to have you. Good to see you, Steve. Um, so let's start by talking about Rodeo San Diego. You won the bareback riding. You were 93 on Virgil. Obviously, I want to ask you about that. Kind of give me the overall perspective from a contestant standpoint about that rodeo in San Diego at Petco Field or Petco Park, which is where the San Diego Padres play their baseball games. Yeah, it was a, a great venue. You know, it's a, it's a huge venue. Um, there are seats everywhere, and, and most all the seats were filled. Um, you know, triple, triple roll stacked, you know, you don't really get big, uh, big amounts of fans like that at rodeos other than Houston or something like that. And it's, uh, cool to have a big one like that. That's, that's outdoors and such a big production and, uh, the crowd, they were so engaged, you know, you, you don't really know how it was going to be, you know, kind of their first deal there at a, at a baseball, uh, field and kind of in a place where, um, there isn't a ton of rodeo anymore, but, uh, the fans were super into it. It was a great crowd, great rodeo. All I can say is good things about it. Um, I read an article where they were basically said the rodeo arena was going to cover what would normally be the infield. Did they bring seats down or were there seats around the arena or did it look like they, they use the, whatever it is, 40, 50, 60,000 existing seats that were there? Yeah, they used, uh, they used most of the existing seats. They did have a VIP area that was off to the, to the right. If you were, um, looking at the buck and shoes, they had a, little vip area that was set up but um other than that uh pretty much just the seats that are usually there in the baseball field you got on four horses over a period of how many days jacob um three days three days uh so it was a yes, sir. Uh, um you're 79 and three quarters on your first one in round one mm-hmm. and then round two you were 87 what'd you get on in that go round do you remember yeah it was a younger horse um of c5 it's called cinnamon valley um I didn't really know anything about it, but uh, some of the Canadian boys that were there said it was a good horse, and and I figured it had to be had to be good if it was going to be there, and it ended up being awesome. Yeah, I got along with it with it really well. Yeah, um, and kind then of- you you went eight round, four round. You didn't win any money in the eight round, but you got into the four round with an eighty one and a quarter, and then you get into the four round and you get on a future Hall of Fame bucking horse named Virgil from the C five. Uh, Yep. Former horse of the year. Everybody knows that big gray if they're a rodeo fan. You had seen the horse. You'd never been on the horse. What were you thinking when you mm-hmm. found out you got – did you pick your stock? Did you draw – was it drawn for you? How did that work? 
So uh, they said they weren't going to draw until after the rodeo, after the the eight man, right. the entire eight man rodeo. And so uh, we were all just waiting around, waiting around, and uh, the rodeo was going on. No one, no one knew what they had. Um, and it was, we didn't know what we had until we were about walking out there. I was already taped up and ready to go. And, uh, one of our buddies came in that didn't, uh, didn't make it. And he said, you got Virgil. And I, I didn't believe him at first. I thought he might just be messing with me. So <laughs> I sent, uh, sent someone else to go out to double check. And sure enough, uh, did have Virgil and, uh, then, you know, got the motor running, started getting, started getting nervous, started sweating a little bit. And, and I had to calm myself down and get back in the game mode. Correct me if I'm wrong in what I'm about to say. At a at a rodeo, the RNCFR or other rodeos where they go an eight man and then a four man, as soon as the eight man is over, they're drawn the four round, right? So that's mm-hmm. why this is a little different that they waited until the entire eight round is over to draw the stock for the four round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Usually, uh, usually you'll kind of know, you know, shortly after the event or even even they'll have it seated one, two, three, four has one, two, three, four horse. And, uh, this one, it just, we had no idea. So it was, it was a big surprise, but it was a good surprise. Yeah. Um, you had no time to think about it, worry about it or anything else, because I mean, bareback riding is the first event. So as soon as you find out what you're getting on, you got on, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. And they were all good, but I mean, everyone was wanted Virgil. So I was just blessed to have that one. You made a 93 point ride on him. That's your first 90 ever in your career mm-hmm. tell me about yep. it yep um i've been 89 and a half uh, more times than i'd like to say and every time i was like shoot man i wish they'd just give me half a point so i could say <laughs> i'd be 90 <laughs> and uh but i'm glad uh it, it it was awesome to be able to save for that that horse on that rodeo and just everything so it, it made it made, was worth the wait paid twenty thousand dollars to win that four round you won um just quick math twenty three thousand five hundred dollars while you're there so it was a good pan rodeo tell me about what Virgil feels like. And I asked you this before we started this interview. Are you've been on a lot of horses that are most horses are smaller than Virgil, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what he weighs, 16, 1700 pounds, something like that. Do you, are you aware of that horse's size while you're while you're riding him? Do you feel that power? What's he like to ride? I've uh I've been at a lot of rodeos with Virgil, but I've always been on the other side of the buck and shoot. So I've never seen him up close until, until today. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he, I wouldn't say he's the tallest horse out there as far as bucking horses, but he is stout and he is thick and you know, like he demands everything. Yeah. Um, he's nothing but power, nothing but muscle and power. That horse. Are you ready for Steve's dumb question to the interview? A horse. He's got a big, thick, wide back right mm-hmm. um what difference or does it make a difference with a bareback rider if a horse is that wide while you're sitting on him or does it make a difference at all i don't know if it makes a huge difference for me i've got pretty long legs maybe for, you're a big for, guy uh, for a shorter guy yeah for a shorter guy it might make a little bit of a difference but uh i, I like bigger horses personally more to get a hold of more to hold on to um so kind of a bigger boat to ride so yeah i, I enjoy bigger horses that's bareback rider Jacob Blaze, the champion of the rodeo in San Diego over the weekend. That's the first time they've had a rodeo in San Diego since the 1980s. Chuck Swisher, the uh, bullfighter, posted on Facebook 
I have been a small part of a lot of big rodeos over the last 17 years. The San Diego Rodeo was by far the best rodeo I have worked in my career. High praise from Chuck Swisher, who's been involved in a lot of good rodeos. Tuff Cooper is a four-time world champion, a 15-time national finals rodeo qualifier between the NFR and the single steer roping. Uh, he will be in the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame someday. Uh, three-time world champion tie-down roper. He won the all-around title once. Tuff gave us some time while he was traveling um, across the country. I caught up with him in a hotel room in Las Vegas. He talked about winning San Diego and his career. Here is a featured interview this week with Tuff Cooper. Welcome to the Steve Kenyon Podcast, and I am thrilled to be joined by a young fellow. We were just talking before I started this interview about um, the first year that I produced a national radio broadcast for the NFR, there was this fresh-faced 18-year-old kid who was six months after going to his high school prom. He was at his first NFR <laughs> named Tuff Cooper. Um, that was 15 years ago, Tuff. Uh, the years have kind of the years have been real good to you. I'm just going to tell you that right off the bat. Welcome. How are you, Steve Kenyon? Thanks for having me. Um, yes, sir. Life has been awesome. You know, being able to be a cowboy, uh, as we all experience, you know, you get 15 years under your belt, you're going to see some things. And um, but each day waking up being a cowboy is quite awesome. Yeah. You know, I remember um, Trevor Brazil. I wish I still had the interview someplace. He made a comment. He said, we may not make a uh, we, we might not be making what baseball players make. But we get to get up and get on a horse every day. Yeah. And that makes a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 His, his, his famous quote, uh, you know, it's. Um, it might not be the the most money you'll make, but there's no better way to to make a living. Yeah, you're in Las Vegas right now, right? You just got done roping at the rodeo in San Diego. Now you're hanging out in Vegas. What are you doing, world traveler? Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, it Vegas happens to be on the way to Denver, Denver from San Diego, so, so yeah. I'm repping all the Palm stuff here. Um, just thinking about last month uh, out here in December and get a few days off and. Um, Denver rodeo's already started. I'm competing at the the end of it, and um, then Fort Worth from there. Did you go to the American qualifier there in Vegas, or I, you couldn't it, no, have done sir, that? No, sir. I ended up in the uh, in the top five. Oh, you did. So, okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. You know, true has true fashion. Cooper has been a part of literally every interview I have done with <laughs> Tough this year. Um, I remember talking to you in Livingston, Montana. She was there. I, I talked to you twice during the NFR. Once she wasn't with you, but once she was. Uh, the one yes, before sir. the NFR. That little girl's getting all kinds of FaceTime. <laughs> well, with a face like this, she kind of needs to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank God she looks like her mom, Tough. Just saying. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Is that funny? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Hey, so let me ask you, let me ask you about San Diego, and then I want to go back and ask you a little bit about the NFR, and there's some other things yes, I want to get into. Tell me about that rodeo in San Diego. It took place over the weekend at the – uh, it's Petco Park where the Padres play their baseball games. You won the tie down roping. You won over twenty thousand dollars. It doesn't. It wasn't sanctioned by anybody, but twenty grand's twenty grand. Tell me about that rodeo. Um, San Diego downtown. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. Thank you for everyone putting it on, making it possible. Uh, I thought it was really cool that you know. First thought, you know, when I heard they're having a rodeo, I was like how can I be involved? Are they having the, all the events? They, they were having all the events and I'm um, lucky, luckily enough I got in and you go and you compete in front of 20, uh, 20, I don't, 
I don't even, I don't want to say any numbers, but it, yeah. there was a lot. But I thought the cool thing that the producers, they weren't, they weren't afraid to go to a spot that, you know, is rodeo controversial. And the fans showed up. They loved every event. They had a great time. There was actually, I, I invited a, a gentleman that's a chiropractor in San Diego that's never been to a rodeo before. Shows up and he absolutely loved it. The words that he had to say after um, about just our industry uh, was awesome. And I believe that's the type of, you know, the type of events that we need to be working towards as the industry. And those guys this weekend showed and proved that our lifestyle, our, our Western way of living, the rodeo world is attractive. You, you, you mentioned, you know, some of the stuff going on in California. Um, San Diego is not that far south of Los Angeles where the city council has been talking about doing things that might put us out of business in that part of the world. But did you feel like you had, we had a chance to showcase rodeo to Southern California in a very positive way? I don't know if what happened in San Diego has any impact on what happens in LA, but, but from that standpoint, how did you feel about it? Oh, they loved it. The crowd, they, they absolutely loved it. Um, the fans, they were, I was able to interact with them and after the event, um, and everyone was just so excited that we were having a rodeo down there in Southern California. Um, so I, I believe that event is going to continue to grow. There is no telling, you know, with the, with the people in place that, um, have produced it. There's no telling how big it, it could get. That's awesome. Um, and, and, you know, I haven't asked, I talked to one of the other champions yesterday and we didn't get into the, the, you know, some of the other issues surrounding the rodeo, but, um, I think it's awesome. Um, and you know, I wish I would have, I wish I could have gone. Um, I couldn't, I wish I could have. The crowd was receptive. Tell me about roping. Tell me about actually winning the rodeo. The, so the competition was, was really fun. Um, we had the Kevs were, I mean, really prepared for that scenario. Uh, they had the uh, Calgary rules in place where, you know, it's fast times, keep them standing. And the cattle were prepared for that short setup. Uh, you had, you know, 12 guys. Um, it was a cool newer format that, you know, we had never really, that was similar in numbers, but the way you advanced was through money one. Mm-hmm. So, and it was basically a clean slate each time, but you carried your money uh, towards the very end. And, um, I was able to get off to a good start. I won the first round. So that pretty much advanced me to the Sunday perf there. It was three perfs Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday, and they took 12 guys down to eight and then down to four. And then the fastest time won 20,000 shoot second paid 15 and wow. third paid 10 and uh, fourth paid five. So well, some guys, made, excuse me, some guys made some really good money. Um, all weekend, but especially for a first time event and while the entire nation is being iced over, we're in Southern California having a rodeo, um, outside. It was, uh, it was awesome. I got to take my daughter to, to the, uh, the zoo, uh, take her to the beach. It was, it was such a good family event for us. Um, we had a lot of fun. And you said you went to Las Vegas too. How did you work that back and forth? Well, no, we're just on the way on the way oh, to got Las it. Vegas. Got it. Yeah, yeah, got it, got yes, it. Sir. And I was I was in the top five, so I got qualified. Yeah, you yes, didn't sir. have to go through through the yeah. qualifiers for the American because you finished yes, in the world standings. I got you. Um, I'm glad to hear your report on on San Diego, Tiff. 
I really am. Oh, yes, sir. I, I think that event is going to continue to grow and grow and grow. By the way, it just dawned on me, folks. This is this is a little nostalgia. Um, Tuff and I are doing this interview, full disclosure, on a Tuesday. <laughs> That's funny. I, I don't think anybody even knows what that is besides what, you. <laughs> once upon a time, years ago on World Radio <laughs> on Western Sports Roundup when the show first started, it wasn't me. It was Alexis Bloomer that started it when she used to host the show with, with Flint Rasmussen, I think. They did tough two, you did tough Cooper Tuesdays for a couple of years, right? We did. Me and you chatted on the air for quite some time, every Tuesday for a few minutes, which was so awesome yeah. to, uh, you know, be it able was to catch up. Kind of fun to be able to follow um, around. Jeff, let me, let me ask you about, I want to ask you about the NFR, but since you, you just had your daughter in your lap there and, and, you know, obviously she's, she's where you are right now. Let me ask you about the impact of family. Your wife, Tiffany, is very successful. She is a fashion influencer. She started uh, the Fashion Posse blog during the National Finals Rodeo. You are, you're, you're a proud dad with a little girl that I, she must go everywhere with you because every time I talk to you, she's in your arms. Um, talk about all of that. I am very fortunate to be able to spend so much time with my family. And that's, you know, a reason why I think, you know, our lifestyle, our industry is so awesome because um, it allows for that to happen. You know, we all work together um, towards, you know, what I do, my goals, my dreams, the roping calves. And, um, and it's so awesome to have a, a family that is so supportive of that, that is willing to drive across the country day in and day out. Um, to be able to, <laughs> to be able to just keep, you know, living that dream and it, there's nothing better. Um, you know, the, it's really cool. You know, my wife, Tiffany, she created a, a fashion policy blog, which just highlights the fashion in, and in, in the Western industry. And, you know, it gives her, um, something to do on her own, you know, that is, you know, it's not warming up my calf horse or feeding or driving, um, that's connected to the industry. And, um, it's so awesome f with all the relationships that, that we have and the friendships that we have lack hours that we have that we just cherish. And uh, that's to me, probably the most important thing is just, you know, community and, and enjoying what we do and, and, uh, just trying to live in love, I guess. <laughs> three or four years ago, maybe more than that now, I probably three or four, uh, maybe the year before the coronavirus, um, I remember doing Western Sports Roundup from national the National Finals Rodeo. I was still with the Cowboy Channel, and Amy Wilson and I were hosting it. And the last thing we did every day on the show was NFR fashion. And Tiffany would come over along with a couple of other of her associates and Amy. And then I'm sitting right there in the middle while these ladies discuss fat. You want to talk about a fish completely out of water. Uh, but she's really, it's, it's not fair to just buttonhole her into the fashion thing, but, but she has really taken that and taken it to another level. Hasn't she? I, I think just by, you know, her highlighting, you know, not just her fashion, but other, other girls fashion, other wives, other rodeo fans fashion within the industry. And it has, yeah, I, I believe she has helped, um, you know, take it to another level, you know, 
it's having girls dress up and enjoy it. And that's good for everybody, you know, growth and, you know, people, you know, striving to, you know, want to be them, their best, them best selves is, um, is wildly important and and highlighting others and, you know, uh, knowing when, you know, it's your dream. And then also knowing whenever it's someone else's dream. And and that's, what's so cool. You know, I think that what she does, um, I want to take you back. I believe it was 2017. You were the all around champion, right? Yes, sir. And you're on stage getting your gold buckle at the national finals rodeo in the 10th go around. You may have scared the living daylights out of, I believe it was Suzanne Alexander. Who yes. Was doing the interviews. yes. You dropped to a knee in front of 17,000 people at the Thomas and Mac. <laughs> And proposed to Tiffany. And when I say you may have scared Suzanne to death, it's because you dropped to a knee right in front of her, if I remember right. <laughs> did you pre-plan that or did it just happen? Um, there was a voice inside my head um, throughout the season that year uh, nudging me uh, to that moment. And I honestly, I was like, I'm not going to win the all-around, whatever. I'm I, I'm a calf roper, you know, and then it worked out and I was like, well, all right, God, I guess I got to follow through with the, uh, (laughs) the voice that's been in, that you've been saying (laughs) in my head. So, um, yeah, uh, yes, sir. I, I, I did. And, and it, um, you know, I kind of realized, you know, I'm sure he's working in a lot of ways, but one, one of the ways that he was working within me was, um, you know, it, it, that was probably my biggest stage in my career, my biggest moment of, of success in the arena. And, uh, you know, what he showed me was, you know, to put family first. And that's, I think, uh, a quality that I'm going to be able to pass on to my children is no matter, you know, how many miles we drive, no matter, you know, how dedicated we are to our, our dream, but that it's more important to have family first ahead of that. Tough, you just talked about, you know, the calling, and um, I actually sent Tough a list of some topics I wanted to talk about, and we've almost gotten to one of them so far. Uh, <laughs> but you you talked about the calling and, and talked about the voice in your head, and and um, would, would folks be surprised if they learned how many rodeo contestants are on the road who are men and women of very deep faith? Oh, I am so grateful to be in this industry for that reason alone. You know, who knows where I would be with my relationship with God or or who I would, who I would be without the faith, you know, in, in God, the all knowing, um, if I was in another industry and that's what I, that's what I say. I love the, 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 um, connection just to our people because, you know, most, I would say, seven <laughs> say ninety nine point nine nine percent of us have a you know a faith um, background and upbringing. Um, if not, we'll share one with you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I guarantee I, you that. I got it. I understand. Um, Tuff <laughs> Cooper's joining us, and uh, just got done with his fifteenth national finals rodeo. You giggled. I think you might have seen the eye roll when you when you made the comment about having people who are willing to travel cross country with you. And my first thought was yeah. not what you accomplished at the NFR, which I want to ask you about in a minute, but
but what you did to get to the NFR this year, you did you you went the Taylor Santos route. I mean, you were <laughs> California did. to Maine to all over the place. Talk about that last two or three weeks of the rodeo season just to sneak into the NFR in the number 15 spot. It was probably one of the best things that has happened to me is to be on the bubble, you know, right there at the finish line. Um, and to be able to really, you know, hammer down and get to every rodeo. I had a ton of rodeos to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was, I was going everywhere as fast as I could. Um, and so many people were helping me. Um, and I think probably my biggest takeaway from that is something that I continue today, you know, you know, three months later, four months later to build on is just how much fun this is just to try to, you know, put it in the best perspective possible and really just enjoy it no matter what and turn the things over to God that's his and um, let him figure out those things and let me figure out how to just enjoy it and have fun. And whenever I started doing that, uh, I started getting better results and, I brought that out to Vegas um, and uh, probably had my best NFR ever, um, even though I didn't place an average. Uh, I went from 15th to 5th in the world. Uh, was My horsepower uh, has been awesome. Um, and, you know, I'm just continuing to, you know, learn and uh, let go as much as possible to the things that, you know, aren't mine and, just focus on having fun, really. I I went back and I and I re-listened to the interview I did with you after the ninth go round, um, and actually posted a little clip of it on social media to to help to promote this show, tough. But it was the question that I asked you was, "You're having your best finals in a long time, coming." And your answer was something along the lines of, "Coming in here fifteenth with Riley Webb's got that great big lead." I don't have anything that I mean. I'm, I'm just going to go have fun and roll and see how much money I can win. I think it's kind of the way you went with all of that. Yes, sir. I wasn't getting any worse at that point. <laughs> yes, sir. And that's when when you are in a position that you know there's there's no pressure and, and the pressure that you have, you're able to you know just you know release that as much as possible. Then you know you have fun, um, <laughs> and you just see what's in store yeah. for you and and wow how much god has blessed me you know ever since ever since then let me let me take you back 13 years 2010 i believe was the first year that you and your brothers qualified for the national finals rodeo all as a group um obviously trevor was running hard at that time winning all around titles every year Um, yes sir and, and this family, as I remember, you guys kind of got together as a group to prepare, to practice, especially prior to the National Finals Rodeo. Am I right in that? Take me back to, to what that was like back then. Did your dad ever jump on a horse and say, okay, boys, here, let me show you how it's done? I mean, what was that like at that time? Well, Steve, we've been living on a family compound, you know, since 2000. Five, four, four, three, like 2004. So it has been the, the atmosphere that, that we've had at the house since 2004 has been an NFR 
hype practice scenario where, you know, you have, you know, me and my two other brothers and my brother-in-law, Trevor Brazil. And, you know, there's, we have two different places. He has arenas, we have indoors. So it is practice nonstop. And I grew up in that environment, you know, being the youngest one, um, which really helped me as a young kid to, you know, strive to, you know, want to beat those guys there. I was, I was getting to practice with, you know, really the best guys in the world nearly every day, uh, especially with the guys that were showing up um, just, you know, for, from Trevor's, you know, friends or, you know, Roy's friends. And then we, I get into, you know, a professional career and we're all competing at the NFR and, and we have our, you know, our practice sessions um, in, before, you know, the arena is running hot all day long. You know, we all have our little time slots, you know, uh, Clint would go in the mornings, Cliff would be in the afternoons and I'm taking it all night long huh. and uh, it would be a lot of fun. We're always helping each other. Uh, one of the, the fun, we, we would sometimes have some fun though. We, we would, we would be done care for open for our practice sessions. We'd have some steers and, and we would just kind of mess around and team rope. And, and that's when we'd get all our laughs in for the day. Um, so I thought we you were going to say you'd, you'd all start fun. bulldogging or something. I should have. I should have. Um, you're yeah, actually yes, a pretty sir. good team roper. You were two time Texas high school champion. I had a really good horse and a really good partner. And I, yes, sir. <laughs> it was, it was fun. I did not continue to practice once I was you know old enough to realize, Hey, I, I got a, a shot to, to yeah. make the NFR when I'm 18. And that's kind of my goals then I kind of just, you know, put all my eggs in one basket and dedicated, you know, my entire life to that. And, um, you know, for a very long time, never picked my head up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the team roping was, the team roping was fun, especially in high school. I, I should have learned more about it because there's so much to learn within other disciplines of the sport that can, you know, help you to, uh, you know, whatever your event that you're going to do. I was just talking uh, yesterday, brushed and mitten. Um, he bulldogs and team ropes. Right. And to and me, that makes a, that makes a perfect care rope for someone who's gritty and someone who knows how to, you know, handle the rope and ride their horse. You know, that's a perfect combination for a care roper to me. So you just answered my next question, which was, uh, you also have qualified. The thing that won you the all around that one year was, uh, you, you qualified for the single steer roping finals four times. Um, used to tie a steer rope and steer like a tie down roping cap, if I remember right, um, which <laughs> yes, was a sir. little weird, but it worked. Um, so all of that did one event crosses over to the other one event makes you better in the other then is what you're saying. I, I truly believe so. It's just like, you know, furthering your education, um, you know, learning new skills is, is, is good for the mind. It's good for everything. Um, I think there's, there's not very many guys that, even think about two events and um you know i would always <laughs> when you watch the team roping though when tyler wade is having them wearing it and Derek begay is having them wear it, you're like what is going on yeah and then you get out there and, and and you're five flat and you're like and you think you made a great run right um, like the team ropers nowadays have taken it I, it's unreal what they're doing yeah you know, triggers like wow in in five flat T Wade and Agaskiza and some of those guys are already back taking yeah. the work, so I mean that's <laughs> yeah, how exactly. fast those guys throw it seems like um, <sighs> tough you you mentioned 
the the atmosphere when i asked you about you guys and your brothers in the compound and all that obviously your dad roy cooper's in the hall of fame you're going to join him someday um obviously trevor's in the hall of fame you're going to join him someday um you grew up around winners and i think you and i talked once upon a time about you also grew up around some of the best horses in the roping industry Am oh, I right in saying absolutely. that? And how much did that oh. help you? Oh my goodness. Being able so when you're a young kid and your dad puts you on topper, your brother in law puts you on Texaco. Um, wow. <laughs> your your uncle puts you on uh, destiny, you get a feel for what greatness is. And and it's it's a good thing and a bad thing because one, that's what you want every time now, but two, it shows you, you know, where to go. And, and, um, I've never really developed the horsemanship skills at a younger age. I was really, really focused on just developing my skills and, um, later in life that, you know, kind of bit me in the butt, but you know, I can (laughs) rope on anything. Um, just like, you know, Shad Mayfield grew up just like Riley Webb grew up, you know, you, you figure it out, uh, winning is, is what the focus is. And as much money as, you know, the purses are paying nowadays, you know, you can, you can buy one. Um, there's trainers out there. And if there, if there wasn't ropers like us that needed great horses, then those trainers wouldn't be, you know doing what they do every day and enjoying it. And I think it works, you know, full circle for everybody. And the goal really is, you know, to be able to operate one of those. (laughs) You listen to me right here. I'm telling you this too, darling. The goal is to be able to operate one of those amazing, um, amazing animals. Um, Because we're so grateful to work with horses. They're the the coolest. And a calf horse, they have to do so much. You know, they have to stand right there flat-footed, break across the line, um, collect themselves and raid off with that calf, make it easy for you to rope, have good timing. They have to have a great stop and punch out of it. And when you leave them, you yeah. got your back to them. So they have to, you know, keep the rope tight. And when you flank the calf, they need to stop Yeah. and then stay there and keep it tight. Yeah. And then, uh, and then don't move whenever you're in front of a, whenever you're in front of a, a, a crowd, that has, you know, 18,000 people cheering as loud as they can. Yeah. Um, Are you ready for Steve's dumb question in the interview? <laughs> because you've been to the finals in both events, and I'm never sure who the better trained horses are, the tie-down roping horses or the steer roping horses. Because steer roping, <laughs> steer roping is, is an amazing skill for horses, I think. It, it, yes, it is. Yes, sir. They steer horses definitely take longer to train. Um, it seems, you know, yeah. uh, you know, a, a good old teenager in both events is probably the best, um, the best horse you could be, you could ask for, but you know, you see the occasional, you know, young horse that, you know, is at the NFR or that, you know, is, uh, is competing, you know, at the steer open finals. Yeah. Um, let me ask you about what you would tell. Do you put on a bunch of schools? Do you put on any school stuff or do you have time? I, I, I don't. Um, there's always kids at the house in the arena nearly every day. Um, yeah. There's we have a I have a group of Brazilian guys that are living with us now and, and they're training. 
and that they do daily uh, roping lessons. So for anybody that is looking to, you know, get some roping lessons, these are the guys that actually help me every day. Um, and they're phenomenal and they're giving roping lessons and I'll go down there and I'll typically just <laughs> run the shoot. <laughs> right. what? Um, but I am helping. I is, it is the most important thing to me is to give back to the kids. And especially right now when I'm, I'm, I'm getting to compete as for a living. I'm, I'm not really looking to charge money for it. Um, but we are, uh, setting up a, um, a roping clinic in Costa Rica, having an international training grounds for, um, Brazil, all of America, um, you know, Central America. There's some people that, that rope down there too. And even, uh, um, Australia, you know, we're going to have a, a big clinic and then work on clinics, uh, you know, throughout the year there. I have a buddy that, um, has an amazing facility, has a big ranch and, um, be double for everybody in America. It can, it's going to double as a, you know, a vacation. The flights are super cheap and, you know, just a get away. Let's go focus on roping, um, with, uh, with our team. And I'll bring like my brother and my uncle and these other Brazilian trainers, um, all together and start putting something cool together there. But that's, that's starting this year and going to continue to grow. When's that going to be tough? Do you know? Um, we're shooting for a small one, uh, in March, just, just to more of a, a for the, the country for, um, Costa Rica, but then, uh, shoot for a big one, um, right after, uh, Christmas of next year. You're also, that way people can plan a vacation. Got yeah, it. Sorry. You're also involved in, in, uh, tough Coopers. I think you call it junior championships. It's on your, you can see it on your website. Um, Talk about about that a little bit, just about the opportunity to give back. And then my, my follow-up question to all of that is going to be this. What do you what would you tell a young person just starting out in roping? What's the most important thing they need to build on for a foundation? Uh, well, the the junior events has always been something that's been passion, you know, one of my dad's passions. He's put on junior events, right. you know, his whole career or something my grandpa did. And uh, it's something that, you know, I uh have done a little bit and um he actually roy you know there's a there's all these junior events out here in vegas nowadays during the nfr and i remember when i was a kid my dad would he would talk to all the uh all the people out here in vegas um and say hey we need to get junior events out here we need to get junior events out here and finally one day he got the first junior event out here it was the junior uh roy cooper world champion junior calf open at vegas it was 2000 like I don't know, like probably 12 ish somewhere in there, right. but it was the first one out here in Vegas. And since then, I mean, now this uh, <laughs> kids show up in this town and they're competing more than I am, um, which is, it's cool. And the, the, it seems to be to me that the numbers are growing. Our industry is continuing to grow and it's within the youth that, that, you know, that is that it does grow and that's what's so important. And then I know you, you do a lot, you know, with, uh, with educating and, and working towards the same goal as I, I believe that I do. And, and so many of us do. Right. You know, in a way you guys that have been around a while, got to be careful what you wish for. Cause all of a sudden <laughs> you're, you're creating the next Riley Webb. Uh, oh, <laughs> I've known him since he's been three years old. He's uh, me and his dad, Dirk are, have been great friends. He, Dirk used to pick me up and take me to the jackpots and really, and yeah, yes, sir. We'd go to the Tuesday night jackpot and, uh, dirt rally has lived 30 miles from my house and 
and he grew up in an, in an era where junior events, um, you know, started getting good. And he is tied more calves in six as a, you know, a preteen or as a, you know, pre 20 or a pre world champion yeah. than he has yeah. <laughs> than most world champions. Yeah. You know, am I right? My theory and guys like Joe Beaver have, have told me that I'm right in what I'm about to say, but, um, I mean, you're only 33 years old. You're, you're, you're not old. Um, you first qualified for the NFR when you were 18 and you had had a lot of opportunities, uh, Barry Burke's big rope and your dad's big junior yes, rope and things like that. But you know, with all the stuff Chris Neal's putting on now and, and junior NFRs and junior Americans, and I don't even know that I know all the events that have youth or junior attached to their name. It seems to me like the number of events young ropers can go to, even over the last 10 years, has doubled or tripled even from what you had an opportunity to go to. Oh, it, it is crazy how many events. You know, I, I grew up when I was you know, 12, 13, 14 years old going to, you know, maybe 12 uh, just a, an association events and then maybe, you know, three or four jackpots. And, you know, so when Burks came around, that was like our world championship, you know, everybody was at Burks. Um, you work so hard for it. Shoot. These kids nowadays, they have a Burks every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> which it's, it's good and it's bad because I, I see a lot of burnout. Um, honestly, within these kids and, um, but also see, uh, you know, what would be my advice, you know, to answer your question is, and I tell these kids every time, um, and it's what I relearned, you know, a few months ago, the number one thing is advice that I have for you, have fun, have fun with it, enjoy it. Um, so your parents work really hard. I'm sure you work really hard, you know, just enjoy that dream that we're getting to live because if you watch the numbers from from high school you know memberships to college memberships uh, junior you know junior memberships to high school to college it, the numbers drop off significantly yeah. each year or each uh, you know age division and it's so important you know for for those kids to enjoy you know that moment because you know, we are so young. We think we're going to be, you know, the next, you know, Cody O, Trevor Brazil. Um, you know, those kids now, they think they're going to be the next Riley Webb. And there's only going to be a few that are. Yeah. Uh, even the kids that have so much talent. And, you know, that's what, you know, as a <laughs> as a advice, you know, just for the parents, um, you know, just – let them enjoy it. Enjoy it as much as you can too. you know, focus, show up, take care of business, work hard, enjoy it. You know, it's way more simple than we're making it. I don't, I know that I cannot do what I do at a rodeo as an announcer or even doing a show like this. If I'm not having fun, I, (laughs) I cannot imagine that, you know, all the miles and all the hours and all the overnight drives and all that kind of stuff that, and, and I, I think I saw it with you this year. Um, I think I saw it with Casey Field when, you know, he Casey kind of had two careers. There was the 2011 to 2014 world champion every year and, 
And then, you know, he lost his dad and some other things happened. And then he, when he came back, he came back with a vengeance. In case he was having more fun the second half of his career than I think he ever had the first half. Um, the, the point being, you, can't, you cannot be successful in this business if you're not having fun, can you? Oh, that's when you're having fun and you really enjoy what you do, then, you know, how can they beat you? Yeah. Because it's not even about the, it's not even about that at that at that point. It's just about you know what what's coming for you, and I think you know if we just focus on the good, then then the good will you know eventually come because you know the light always prevails. Yeah, Tuff. Before I let you go, you mentioned that you were planning on putting on that event in Costa Rica. What, is there some place people should watch, or you know if you're if you've got some some opportunities coming up, or there your social media or, or whatever yeah yes sir my social i'll i'll get aggressive with the social once i get everything locked in but um you know as far as now i'm shooting we're shooting for you know right after christmas of um this coming december um so we can uh, you know, be good for everyone up here it's uh like i said it's a, it's a cheap flight you can, if you book early it's like you can fly for 200 dollars. wow to costa rica yeah. yeah i'll have horses everything set up we'll have some fun um, I, I did have one question for you though. I, I don't even know if it's a question, but just more of a interview of the decade. Okay. Question of the decade. You nailed it. Thank you so much. The Kai Hamilton interview during the NFR. <laughs> um, Perfection. Perfection. My, my Facebook <laughs> and social media. <laughs> had more activity than I ever thought was possible for me during the national finals rodeo. And I swear to God, it was four words from Ty Kai Hamilton. <laughs> Don't be a pansy, which is not exactly what he said. Um, what he did during the national finals rodeo, I thought was, you know, I, I, the question I asked was this day, when there were two performances in one day for the first time ever at the national finals rodeo and Kai places in one and makes the only qualified ride and wins $98,000 out of the other one is a day that should go down in bull riding history. I think um, what he did during the NFR was you've been there. You've competed in that arena tough. It's not easy to win. And what he did was unbelievable. I thought. It, it was unbelievable. I, I had so much fun watching his performance. Yeah. Um, the way that you you just teed the question up perfect. Oh, it was perfect. It I, was awesome. I kind of knew I'd get an interesting answer from Kai, but yeah, I got an interesting answer from Kai. <laughs> you got it. Uh, you did. Jeff, yes, I asked you for a few minutes and you gave me almost 40 and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You and your family are, I just can't tell you how thrilled i am to see how happy you are with with everything that seems to be going it was sure fun to watch you at the nfr this year yes sir god willing we'll be back for more well, um, you know steve thank you so much for uh having me on very grateful i appreciate and it i look forward to seeing you lots and lots um all year long yeah well i'm interviewing i'm, I'm looking forward to interviewing you and your daughter again a couple of times this year <laughs> yeah you bet yes sir there you go tough cooper joining us on the steve kenyon podcast tough travel safe thank you Thanks, Steve. That's tie-down roper Tuff Cooper joining us. 
for our featured interview this week on the Steve Kenyon Podcast. And uh, today's program has been brought to you by Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. Thank you to the Justin Boot Company, the standard of the West since 1879. To Resist All, the folks that bring you the Resist All Rookie of the Year Award. To Prefert, number one in ranch and rodeo. To M2 Ranch Jerky, coming this spring. To Unbeatable Feeds, to the Grandview at Las Vegas. Hope you'll check out all the new programming we've got from Next Gen Rodeo Media. Check out the Next Gen Rodeo Facebook page and you can see all that we are doing on Next Gen Rodeo. Thank you for joining us for the Steve Kenyon Podcast. God bless everybody.